Hi everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I'm Bree. Hey everyone, I'm Annalisa. And this <laughs> is TSI Talk, and Annalisa is uh, sick. <laughs> Yes, I'm getting better. It's fine. It's fine. And I'm having an allergic reaction to this because I came back home after a very long time and my house is all dusty. So, yeah. Uh, and I heard my back out walk picking up cheese. So, we're, all, we're all having a good rough, rough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, today, uh, believe it or not, all of the things that we are dealing with this past episode was supposed to be talked about in one episode. <laughs> Yeah, but we got too excited, to, so we had to split it up. And today we're coming on the last chunk of what was supposed to be the first episode, and we're gonna talk about two things: um, how we got into CSI and the series for the new season. I'm pretty sure everybody has one. I have seven, and I had to <laughs> turn it down to two. I have so, a few. <laughs> I, I don't know. How, I don't know the numbers. I just have a few. So let's begin. We're going to begin our house at the CSI impacted our lives because we're going to spend some time with the series. So, um, can I go first? Or yeah, go. Yes, go. Okay. So, I started really watching CSI when I was uh, 14, and it was in August, and I just had like this massive surgery on my back from scoliosis it was pretty bad and I needed surgery so I had to stay at home resting for about three weeks and pretty much all uh, all I would watch was NCIS and CSI and unknown to me at that point kind of the show started shaping my personality because I realized that uh, I liked Grissom very much and I was into the type of weird things that they were doing <laughs> So, cut to two years ago, I was having this, um, one of many depressive episodes, and we got to start talking openly about mental health. It's the 21st century, and everybody cares about this, thank God. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I have anxiety and depression, but I was, at that time, I wasn't taking medication for it, which, if you do, that's totally okay. We all need something to, to keep us going, and... I was having a pretty rough uh, month. Uh, my therapist said I was going down this hill. And uh, there was just one time that I was like, can't go on. It was around this time of the year, and I just couldn't, couldn't put myself through college or anything. So all I would do was sit sit at the couch and watch whatever was, was on TV. And they were on like public shows. So I would watch NCIS, CSI, Miami, CSI, CSI New York. But eventually only CSI actually was the one who hooked me up. And those stories distracted me from all those dark thoughts that was around in my mind. So I really give a lot of credits to the show for helping me get through this tough period. And um, last year, you know, pandemic started and I was... I was feeling like I couldn't learn anything, like life wasn't moving at all. I'm sure it was 
most of us felt that way. And there was like this marathon in October. All the seasons from CSI was showing on TV. And I was like, yeah, I might fuck around and watch it. So I sat down and watched it. And Grissom showed up again. And I started to get really interested about this whole thing that, like, especially that he says in the season finale of season one, they want to get the, the strangler. And he's like, if you, if I know uh, what is his, what are his motives? Why is he doing this? I can crack everything and we're going to catch this guy. And I was like, you know what? That sounds, that sounds interesting. So I sat down and started to do some research on uh, criminalistic, uh, criminalistic, you know, CSI, in fact, you know, and criminology. And I found out, thankfully, that uh, criminology was what I was going to do eventually with my life and everything clicked. So if you think you're lost and you don't know what to do, you're going to find your answers sooner or later. So, yeah, I think I only found my way through life because of Grissom. And I don't think I'll ever be able to see the light of day if either Anthony or, or William is listening to this. Oh, my God. But, okay, yeah. So, Grissom was the reason I I found my way through life. And also, I'm a weird person just like him. And I don't know to which point this is good or this is bad. I was aiming for Sarah, but I ended up becoming like Grissom. Which is fine, by the way. So he's a, he's, yeah. a nice, he's a nice backup instead of all. <laughs> yeah. And like he's still a good guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, it's still a good character. <laughs> and most recently, uh, I had a pretty deep loss in the family and I uh, couldn't really bear to do anything, you know, and, and I was talking to the girls earlier and like this, this show is really the, the one thing that is stitching me back together, especially uh, with this excitement for the show coming back now and it's really distracting me and keep like keeping giving me a reason to look forward to the future so anthony thank you so much william too william georgia thank you so much for everything if i could clap right now i'd clap but yes yes <laughs> we can snap there we go there we go like one hand is holding a microphone right now, so I'm like trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm bowing. You can see, but I'm bowing. <laughs> so should I go next? Go yeah. right ahead. Okay. So my my parents say I was always interested in CSI to the point of so I put myself to bed as a kid. I'm weird. I know, but I would listen to the bottom of my door with them watching CSI. <laughs> and then when I was 11 years old. Season 9 premiere, which is for work. It, I just moved schools, and I was having a hard time, even though I was more than just bullied. I'd walk rock throwing me and death threats at that school. So I got into CSI, and I still so for work, and then, of course, I got grounded for a bit from CSI because I was too addicted to it because I got to fan fiction. Um, then, <laughs> not the fan fiction. Not the, not the yes, fan fiction it, at 11. <laughs> hey, I did not read in your once. I didn't. Wow, well, I remember. that's a feat in and of itself. No, 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 yes. I'm proud of you, honestly. Yeah, um, then I just got unfriended from it because my parents realized that's the only thing I would not, not listen to them about. One of the episodes I watched was When to Go. Now, or was it When to Go? It was the episode Grism left. So I remember having seen him all happy with Sarah, and when I was waiting for my ride to pick me up because I would walk to school at that point in time, I remember standing behind my tree because the tree overgrew. 
and think about what could I say goodbye to anyone because I did not was not able to. So then I really got into CSI. I after that, if I miss an episode, it would be recorded or on demand, and that'll be the only thing. I mean, the only thing I'd stay up past my bedtime to watch, unless I was doing theater at my school, my high school. Then two years two years ago, after I got out of after I stopped college for it, I went to a major episode where I could not do anything. I even barely could eat anything. So I got a library card at that point in time, and I was borrowing the DVDs from my library. I was able to watch all the seasons I did not have on DVD. Then last year, um, around April, my friend and I got Hulu together, so I was able to rewatch all the episodes again. And when it was announced I was coming back, I bought the complete box set and was able to rewatch all the commentaries because some of the commentaries after the most depressing episodes are the most hilarious commentaries. Like you kill me. That commentary, if you ever had the chance to watch, I dare you to watch it and not laugh once with I want to suck your blood thing that one of the actresses say. So as each t as now as I am continue binging it, I've also have a few books. See the side books. I have what three and two more on the way. So I'm totally addicted. And see is my life. But yeah, yeah, the, the, you know, I put, I put my microphone down so I can applaud that one. <laughs> can we snap our fingers? Um, I'm gonna yeah. snap my fingers, so there we go. Are you listening to this? And my fingers are long, so whatever. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess it's my turn now. Okay, let me see how best to describe this. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I started watching the show a hell of a long time ago like 2006 I don't remember how old I would have been then because I don't feel like doing math right now um <laughs> but like a, a little tween little tweeny aged me you know what I mean was watching this and you know I'm also the person who was clearly not a well child because my favorite show when I was three years old was the X-Files you know still to this day baby <laughs> anyway um so like me coming onto this show was clearly the, the the you know trajectory of my life you know and mm -hmm. so I started watching this show probably like middle middle school right middle to the end of middle school either way so at that point in time this is probably yeah 2006 right 2006 2007 so this is like pre-twitter being what it is today facebook was like you know barely becoming a thing so there wasn't really a place to go to like be your fandom self but there or there weren't any social media websites but there was one place in particular that you could go and it's the reason i am who i am to this day and it was the cbs message boards and when i tell you if anybody who's listening to this was also a part of the CBS message boards back in the day. Please, please reach out to me on Twitter. Please, I need to talk to you because there are so few of us left. And it was truly a wild time. It was a wild time. Okay, there were threads for any and everything. Okay, this is also thankfully like everyone on the show had a fan site. You know what I mean? Like there was some fan site for everybody. So like you could get any piece of information you wanted at the time. Many of which it's like not available now. Like there's stuff I was talking to Carrie the other day. We were talking about something about Georgia, and I was like, I remember seeing something on some oh, fan yes, site. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, we're not talking about exactly what that was, but anyway, um, I was like, there was stuff that you would be able to find on there that you can't find now, which I'm like, honestly, oh, I get it, but also there's something missing about that. But anyway, so those message boards were like what got me through like season seven, which come on everybody collectively. Oh God, still to this day, with all the television I've watched in my life, there's only so few things I've I've ever been so excited to watch live, and it is all of season seven, baby. Oh, that was great television. Anyway, but like <laughs> a great example of my uh, commitment, I guess I would say. So. In school at the time, if I were to use a like computer, they would be like blocked for certain websites. So like they'd have YouTube blocked or like I forgot what other like game websites. You know what I mean? It's like 2007. Yeah. I don't know. 
be on the computer. Anyway, because you couldn't do much but like go to like the school website and like the library website, but you could get on the CVS message boards because they didn't think to put a firewall up for that. So when I would finish my schoolwork, I would get like I would, you know, finish my schoolwork and they'd be like, Great, you can have some computer time. And I would literally just peace out and go sit in the corner and theorize with grown ass people on a message board over what would happen on the next episode of CSI with GSR. That's <laughs> a great solution of like, yeah, that's why I became the adult that I am today. But um it also it was also a perfect time because that I could do that at school. My school had also just introduced a forensics program, like an after school program where you could take forensics and like criminal law. And I was like not really like into that. I was like, I love this show, but that's one thing. But as soon as I found out that you could watch CSI at school, I was like, sign me the fuck up. Where do I go? Where do I, I get a grade to watch CSI at school? I'm here. What do I got to do? What do I have to do? Um, and I just remember going in there and being just a little bit too excited. Like everybody else was there clearly for like the extra credit or like because they wanted to be a cop or something like that. And like my little nerdy ass in the corner, like, can we talk more about this? Can we talk about this? And everybody was like, nobody wants to No, you're too excited for this. But um that was that was a very fun thing that the show like it kind of like helped mold me um fun fact i did actually get to go see way back when in the day do you guys remember do you guys know that they had the csi exhibit that was going around it was in las vegas for a long time like it was like it a permanent thing in las vegas is it there yes it's i there? actually i touched it up on facebook um a couple months ago because yeah, i think it's still to, there. Vegas to visit my grandfather but now he doesn't want anybody to visit him because how bad he's doing but mm -hmm. i know that it's still there it's still there, yeah. There's a there's something like this little lab experience or something. Yeah, it's called so, the C yeah. It's basically called yeah. the same thing. So when that first came out, right, it was touring the country and going to several like um, big science museums, and it came to to you know town where I it came to my town, and we got to go as a, as a field trip for school. When I tell you that like 13 year old me was hyped, everybody else just wanted to go because it was a free day out of school. I was there because they recreated Grissom's office. There's <laughs> like a oh plexiglass wall around it. They oh my God, God, the God. Did they have the pick that you're- They had everything, everything. The entire set piece, they recreated the entire thing and you could go and like, they also recreated other parts of the lab, but his office was like the big thing at the end of the, at the, end of the exhibit. And, and it was like plexiglass off and it's just 13 year old me planted against the plexiglass going, I can see, I can't see what's on his desk. I need to see what he has on his desk. <laughs> me like does he have a photo on his desk who's who's the photo on his desk yes it's Sarah it's Sarah it was oh this is also mind you this is also during season seven that I got to do this so my dumb ass is like I need to find anything I can that would prove that they're <laughs> I'm laughing about it because it was so stupid anyway anyway so yeah I like that was a great moment and really being able to enjoy that to like that level is just a highlight of my life but um once I like as I've gotten older I've mentioned it in a previous episode where I I did very very much almost get into a criminal justice program in a into, at a university here in my state and at the very last second some miracle happened i'd like to say and i like didn't go that semester so i just took a class at a community college and i needed i just saw that they had a filmmaking class i took that and then you know fate as you would have it i ended up figuring out that yes i wanted to create csi but not in the way of like making you know or like you know not in the way of actually solving crimes like that in real life but more in the way of actually creating that world and a universe like that and a show like that so it like diverted me slowly but surely and i did end up you know getting a film degree like i've said but um all because of you know a few other things as well there's there were some other shows in the mix too i'm not gonna you know give give everything to csi because it did do a lot but you know it wasn't the only one but um but yeah so that's you know that's what led me to where I am now. And then, you know, reboot gets announced. Um, I thought my my hopes and prayers and um, thoughts that I only thought to myself, uh, CBS was listening to. And uh, somehow I'm getting uh, my ultimate ship back. And they're married and they're gracing the cover of magazines again. Like it's 2008. And it's really like the best of both worlds. Also, I'm a full, like, I'm no longer a tween having to like pretend to like only kind of like this show, but I can be a full grown adult about it and be like, no, screw everybody. This show is everything. And everybody's going to hear me talk about this. <laughs> 
so yes, see, that even is... though yeah even though i'm not a tween or teen anymore i still try to play it down because since oh, i always I... will have i always will have that fear from my parents of it being even though i buy all the things for seaside with my own money now but you know yeah i totally get that and that takes like a lot of time to work like through i guess i think yeah. too the thing is, is like i think i've loved this show for so long like i said i've got so much random merch from this stuff it's ridiculous and I think it always was like in a box somewhere, literally and figuratively, for so long that now that it's coming back and it's really much gonna, it, it sounds like it's gonna be everything I hope it is and more. I'm like, no, I'm gonna fully enjoy this. I'm gonna embrace everything. And, you know, we're gonna see what happens. Obviously, we can talk about our theories to see, you know, what everybody thinks is gonna happen. And then in a few weeks, see who's right. Or yep, see and who's wrong. And see who's wrong. As see who's of, wrong. And, you know, hopefully one of us is right. <laughs> as of this moment, it is. 43 days, 2 hours and 41 minutes. We recorded this at um, August 24th, which is Tuesday, at 7.10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay. For those of you who are wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to send my finger now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I feel like that was a good enough segue. Should we start getting into theories now? Well, let's go. Yes. I'm going to put that audio of Agatha Harkness saying, I have a theory. But it's more. <laughs> oh my God. But it's more like, I don't know, why did you, ex- really, why did you expect from three girls who like CSI but also watch Marvel stuff? Like, why did you expect? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I have. I just finally was able to get my WandaVision t shirt. Oh, I've been looking forward to get one still. Uh, but we were talking about CSI. We're not talking about One Division, so <laughs> uh, don't get me started on One Division. So theories. So how did I start? Okay, so if you are a Marvel fan, you do know that there's a channel called New Rockstars, and there's this guy Eric Voss who breaks down the trailers and the movies and all the Easter eggs. So I was like, well, may as well. So when CSI announced they were coming back, and then um, they published all that follow the evidence promos, you know. I, yeah. I watched the whole thing, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to break down all of that. I, I put the link of the thread, which I'm breaking down everything that comes off, that comes out. So it's it's on the link tree. Uh, it's on our link tree, and you can check it out if you want. Uh, so I was, like, breaking everything down, and then I came to the miniature killer. And, okay, I'm sure everybody's like, not the miniature killer again, because I've been talking about the miniature killer all the damn time. <laughs> but... You know, the second promo, I think, it's the Fire Ants promo. And the fact we only see the Fire Ants once in Grave Danger, but they do show up before Grave Danger. I'm not sure in which episode, but they do show up in another episode. Well, um, they put the, that promo, and I was like, okay, why would they put, like, some random bug in the middle of the promos? And then I was like, yeah, Grissom, Grissom is an entomologist. And then they put it like two or three promos uh, with the uh, with the miniature killer uh, theme, which still haunts me, and I'm sure I'm gonna have a heart attack if that theme uh, starts playing somewhere in the first episode. And I was like, you know what? I think first theory, um, the miniature killer is back. How is she back? I don't know. That she got released from jail because one of the uh, because some evidence from her case is locked away and that uh, in the warehouse that they found or I don't know something exor- like something sets her free 
I don't know, we by season nine, we see that she is actually okay mm-hmm. into being transferred to another to a prison, but she made one last miniature in which she uh, kills herself. But we don't know much of that. They never touch up on that subject again. And if we do know the show, we do know that they never lose, they never leave any loose ends. So what happens to Natalie? Is she alive? Is she coming out? I don't know. Is is there like a copycat of her? I don't know. I just think that some miniature killer is going to come out. And a miniature is going to show up to either Grissom or Sarah. And I think Sarah is going to have to deal with memories from that period, right? Because it was eventually that, like, Sarah becoming a victim of Natalie, which was like the uh, last... uh, Catalyst. Like, yeah, it was a catalyst for her to leave the lab and everything. So I think, I don't, I don't think they're going to follow up with, with what they did back in season seven, but I think something's going to happen to Grissom and Sarah's going to be the one who's going to have to, uh, who's going to have to rescue him. Okay, that was the first theory. So I'm going <laughs> to, let's go to the second one. I had, I had seven, come on, I had seven. I had to shrink it down to two. <laughs> 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 all these seven theories, I think they are all on my thread, if you want to know. Uh, so, they come back to Vegas, but they don't come back to work in the lab initially. They're just coming back to do some stuff. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, visiting grass or, or, or something like that. And then the new grave shift is working a case. And they realize that like a case they are working on is really similar to one that Sarah and Grissom and the gang worked on. So one of them, probably Maxine, has the idea of calling Sarah up and be like, hey, sis, come over. I need your help. Can you just look over a case for me or something? So Sarah shows up and then both of them follow a lead and everything. And then they find the warehouse. And suddenly uh, all the cases that they worked on are the major cases from the OG6, you know. And I think the Dante's, not not only the OG6, but the Dante's killings, you know, um, from season 13. I guess. I'm not sure if this is in 13 or 14, but um, it involves... What, killings? Uh, yeah, yeah. It involves Brass' daughter, and that because when ba- Brass was announced, when it was announced that Brass was coming back for two episodes, I was like, well, why is he coming back? And then the morgue picture showed up, and then uh, Maxine is holding, like, that machine, whatever the name whatever the name is, that shows what is written on the body. And Sarah looks scared as does Grissom, and I think that the victim that is on the table, it's a woman. She was killed with a knife, because in one picture there's like stab wound number two. So I'm like, yeah, she was killed with a knife or some or some other thing. And I think that Sarah had a personal connection to this to this victim. And uh, there are only two kids that throughout the show that Sarah had a connection with was Brenda, Brenda Collins from uh, Blood Drops, the seventh episode of season one, and the girl from season 14. She helped. 15. 15, yeah. She helps that girl um, kind of solve, solve the mystery of how her family was killed. And so I was like, well, it can be either of these girls. So that's why Sarah is scared. And probably um, it could be something related to the Dante scaling or to the miniature killer. 
And now uh, something happens and Grissom and Sarah are invited to stay in the lab, but Grissom's going to work as an advisor. So what is Sarah's position here? Is she going to take over, I don't know, the grave shift? If Maxine is lab director, Sarah could be the grave shift supervisor as she was supposed to be before she decided to drop everything and stay away with Grissom. I don't know. I just know that they're going to come back, but the showrunner is the same one that, that was a showrunner for elementary, and I've watched elementary, so I'm, I'm trusting them to do justice to my favorite show and my favorite ship. Please give us those GSR kiss. Is that too much to ask? Please, just one, one kiss. That's all we want. Mm -hmm. Please, pretty please. One kiss and a cuddle. Yeah. I like how we've gone from we want plenty of kisses to now we're like, we'll settle one and one. We'll settle. We'll settle for one? Okay. We'll settle for one. And like, will they stay for a few episodes or not? I think they're going to stay for longer because they wouldn't bring back Georgia Fox and William Peterson just for a few episodes. And just imagine, <laughs> I read a tweet the other day. It was like, I just sometimes I wonder how much money CBS had to had to pay for Georgia Fox and William Peterson to come back to the show. <laughs> which was I'm pretty sure was quite a lot but I'm sure they are doing this show they're bringing back this show for all of us who were faithful to the show for a very long time and also for newcomers new up-and-comers you know and we're gonna have an LGBT couple for the first time who, uh, who I hope is neither the killer or the victim and I'm gonna protect mm -hmm. this couple mm -hmm. okay and we're gonna have a female leader we're gonna have a female leader now that's uh, I, decent. To... This is all I wanted for a very long time. And also, sorry, I'm eating a cough drop. And also a female lead of color. Yes. And far more people of color on the team. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, this is, I have nothing against the original team. I, 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 same, I, same. I have nothing against them. Yeah, but I, I love them. But I think we are watching, just like I learned that in school, we are, we are watching the show from... Uh, from uh, our generation's perspective, like we want more representation, we want LGBT couples, we want yep, black yep, people yep. leading teams, and that we is... want people of all races. We, we just want to be able to see ourselves. We want to be yeah. able to see ourselves on TV. You know, yeah. Like we... yes, I'm lucky with my race because it's it's highly represented. Because I'm on the because I am Caucasian, but I want everybody else to feel represented. Yeah, and I want like oh, just just like we saw ourselves in Sierra. I want somebody else to look at Maxine and think that they can do it too. They can get there, you know? Mm-hmm. I want somebody to look at Mandip's character and be like, wow, look at her. She's she's Indian. Oh my god, Mandip, don't let me. I think you're Indian, aren't you? Like she's there, you know, she made it, you know. So that's what we want we want, CBS, okay? None it's not about pink money and all of that. We just want representation. So, well, so yeah. so that was my theory, and uh, please don't. I have one more request at the CSI writers. Please don't make Sarah suffer. That is that all? Oh, <laughs> is that too much to ask? Like Georgia, Georgia Fox, Georgia Fox, my queen. Can you just have a say? Listen, <laughs> like if they're getting too much, you know, be like, well, my fans are not gonna like if I'm I'm being put in a near death situation, like in season seven. When I say season seven, I don't mean put Sarah under a car in the desert during the rain, okay? Yeah, like even Georgia Fox has joked that she's a cat. Her character has nine lives. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't kill let's, my let's queen. Let's not test that anymore. Let's not test it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, should we do my theories now? Yeah. Go. Go so, right ahead. I, I know my main anyway. theory. My main theory. Everybody's gonna hate. But my reason behind this theory is because this character has only been shown in one promo so far. Hodges. <laughs> and he's the only character that has been on. That was on in the episodes that we. You know how we saw in the promos that had case files and one of the case files was David Ball. That was from the theory of everything from season eight. The other one was from season 14, Pat Ponds, which was Jenny, the character's name was Jenny Carroll. He's the, and he's also going to be in the revival. He's the only character, not including Brass, but Brass is kind of looks blind, but he's the only character who's been in all those episodes. So I think he's the one who's been hiding the evidence, and I think he's the baddie. Because uh-huh. if you, because if you see it in the promo, he's been in the only time he was shown. He looks scared, and Sarah, Judge of Fox's character, Sarah, of course, you all know that. I think, if I remember correctly, as his hand over him and mentioned fear. So I think somebody has something on him, maybe back from his LA days, that he did hmm. something against the law. Hmm. Interesting. And, and I don't think nobody would expect that. Not from Hodges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel like that, that's a good enough Hodges like now. surprise twist. Yeah. Not not from Hodges now, but it in one of his, in one of his first episodes, he told what you probably heard about what I was like in LA. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. one of his very that, that was one of his very first lines. So it, he was pretty sketchy. But he it would on. be interesting. It would be interesting because it would be interesting to have like Grissom and Sarah come back and him have to like confront Grissom or Grissom have to confront him and basically be like who he thought was his like protege. You know what I mean? And like biggest fan is also now the main person that's doing all of this yeah. these horrible things. And so, and of course, so my other two theories are kind of small theories, but the other one is Maxine and Sarah know each other from college because they all around the same age. Oh, okay. I'm all here because, for this. Go ahead. Because it, it says a lot of people have been talking about how an old friend had called Sarah back to the lab. So I think it's Maxine. I would love that, honestly. Yes. Yeah, and me too. My other theory also kind of mentions the, the miniature killer because after some of the evidence they find, some of it has to do with the, the image. The name is seen Natalie Davis. Sarah walks out of the room. Grissom follows her. Somebody who was there at the lab explains that, and Maxine comes to go check up on them, and they see Skirts and Sarah, like, in a, in a, like, kind of like in a moment from NCI's, except for it's a hug and not a wiping and tear. I think Hodges is the one who's going to be like, well, you know how they found Sarah? Because I found this very important trace in the killer's car, so I handed over to analysis, and then I found out that actually Sarah was in that particular part of the desert, and I told the team, and then they found Sarah, and then Gil uh, personally thanks me for helping finding his future wife. <laughs> I can totally imagine seeing Hodges saying stuff Taking like that. Taking all the credit. <laughs> yeah, and probably it would be really funny if he they had like the sequence and then like people obviously like heard the legends of Gil Grissom and Sarah Saito oh. but these newcomers these new CSIs don't really know much about them and Hodges does so it w- I think it would be really comic if uh, Hodges tells all these new CSIs the history of GSR but like he's like well uh, they they met in San Francisco and then before I was here, Grissom had Sarah come over and to investigate a very shady CSI who is unfortunately not alive anymore because he died in the line of duty. But anyway, <laughs> and then he's like, well, uh, they were not together for the first few years, but then they got together. And Gil, my mentor, you know, he is my mentor. He came to me and he said, 
<laughs> so he comes up with this narrative like uh he came to me uh saying that he was falling in love with sarah but i told him that he had to focus on work because he was her boss and he couldn't do such thing but then after we lost oh another csi <laughs> he decided he, to come with her he basically told he told grissom and grissom's final the final scene together and uh went to go that he was making a giant mistake well you know what one thing that that really gets me thinking is why are these evidence being hidden so i'm like well warwick was uncovering this big uh corruption scheme in the lvvd come like and the head of the organization was uh mckean the undersheriff and, yeah the undersheriff who was arrested uh for killing warwick but still he managed to uh kidnapped db's granddaughter and finn and finn as well so like what happened to him last we heard of him he was in solitary confinement but do we know in a his state. network yeah in a does, different state but did his net network die once he moved or, to solitary yeah well, and also, so, did we ever ever find out if he was truly the head of this? Yeah, so maybe I guess so you know maybe Hodges found out and he couldn't tell anyone because no one he worked with, like anyone from the from Kristen's team, was working at this point in the lab, and he didn't know who who he could trust. So he probably I don't know stole some evidence from some cases uh, that this organization was somehow trying to change or adult like to release I don't know McKean from the from uh prison so hodges was like you know i screw that so he just uh, got the boxes of evidence of the most important cases he him and all everyone from Grissom's team worked with and kept somewhere else maybe not in this warehouse but somewhere else yeah and i also know think i know why Catherine's not character Catherine's not getting mean it because she left the to take care of those two girls oh, okay okay and as also now head of the casino. That's it. That was in her name after Sam died. I mean, yeah, the woman didn't have to work ever again. Yeah. <laughs> she was just choosing to work. Okay. Love that. Okay. And Elise, what about your theories? Okie dokie. All right, let me see. Great theories from everybody. I love how it's like, and again, we will find out soon enough if maybe we were all very wrong, a little bit wrong, or maybe just a little bit right. <laughs> Who knows? Um, maybe so. somebody who's working in the show is listening to this and probably laughing their asses out because we're totally wrong. <laughs> Oh, my so, do they have cameras in here? <laughs> <laughs> so let me see. Okay, so my current number one running theory is I have like, I'm going to be generous with myself. You know what? I'm going to be generous with myself. I'm like 79% sure I can tell you exactly what the opening scene is going to be. Um, or if not the opening scene, at least the scene before it smash cuts to credits. 79% sure. And what that is going to be is two guys breaking into a home. We don't know whose it is with the intent to rob the place, kill someone, we don't know. And then they come up and who do we see? We see baby boy Brass. Um, and what what then ensues is a very, I, I, I honestly, only because honestly it's gonna be fun to watch, but like a haphazardly thrown together fight where Brass is having to fight for his life. Um, but also cause like, yeah, you know, he, he was a captain of the LVPD for long enough, you know, he can, he can throw down with some people even though he's a little bit older. But I like the idea of him um, then murdering these two men, but now, Police are being called. CSIs are being called out to his house. And now the question is, not only is, is it odd that, you know, two men would break into the ex-captain of the LVPD and ex-head of the crime lab? Now, while while they are investigating this crime, they are going to then find little pieces of evidence that start tying them into finding that, like, storage locker or the 
yeah, the storage locker basically, which is going to be, you know, an even bigger question of like, why are these two guys who are now tied to the storage locker of, you know, a mobile lab that's been faking evidence from our crime lab? Why, why were they also now trying to go murder <laughs> this one person? And I would like to then, just because it'd be nice to see like them suddenly trying to think that Brass is somehow, con- you know, tied into all of this because he's, you know, the one that's being targeted. And mightn't do, while this is all happening, I have a running theory that Grissom and Sarah are all having a great time and they're enjoying themselves. But unlike Grissom, who really hasn't worked in a while, because he all but had been retired already by the time we saw him in Immortality, Sarah was still working. So I like the idea of, like, they've taken a few years. They may have gone to go teach somewhere. You know, they may have just gone off and traveled because they didn't really get to do that when they were married the first time. Now Sarah kind of wants to get back to work. So she decides to throw her hat in the ring to see if maybe she could get back to work in Vegas. So she puts out some feelers. Maxine gives her a call, kind of tells them, hey, why don't you guys come down? Maybe we can get you guys down here in like a lab advisor, like temporary position. See if you guys really want to, you know, see basically like, hey, let's see if you guys really want to come back to work. It's been a while. So while they're down there, all of this stuff goes down with brass. So then it kind of like forces them to kind of stay a little bit more permanently because they were only ever planning to stay temporarily. I have a feeling because it would be nice to see like, oh, you know, they're going to stay in Vegas as lab advisors for, uh, you know, a little bit. See if they like it. But they've also got some feelers out at like other prime labs. You know, Catherine put in a call to the FBI, so on and so forth. Um but then, you know, while they're there, they kind of get roped into, like, this new lab and the new team. Um, I do like the idea of, like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can, if I, I would love the idea if Hodges was the bad guy, because that'd be a hell of a twist. But yeah. I'm also of the mindset of, like, I kind of like that he's no longer, like, worked at, he's no longer working in the lab. He's either teaching or, you know, is also a consultant. Because I'm also trying to figure out how they would, how he would be the only one left working in the lab. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. if he's still here, why wouldn't you mention anybody else? But if, if for some reason, like, it's been so long that, like, he still lives in Vegas, but, like, he teaches at, like, the university, I could totally buy that. And then everybody else over the years has just kind of, like, filtered on to, like, other crime labs or, like, you know, gone to teach. Family. or gone, Yeah, they've, they've gone off and had kids and, you know, got married and whatnot. That I can understand. Because that actually, and that makes sense. Because that is genuinely what happens in that, you know, And something happened to Edley. You know what? I like the idea that he retired, man. I like the idea that he retired. Yeah, um, Eckley was a pain in the ass, but he got nicer when Morgan showed up. So yeah, yeah. Maybe by the end, he... I was like, by the end, I, I was think... like, I really think he's happy at the end. Because like, I also think that Greg left CSI to become a teacher, so he had a more stable life because him and Morgan had kids. Yeah, in this podcast, we think that Greg and Morgan uh, went off to get married. <laughs> But yeah, see, like, I like the idea that, like, everybody else kind of, like, everybody went and had their happy ending. So now Grissom and Sarah are coming back, and they're coming back in to kind of, like, see if they, one, still have it, like, still have it in them, and two, if they even kind of want to do it. And so that's my running, that's one of my running theories. And then I have another one where similar thing happens with Brass. I'm, like, fairly sure that, like, those guys try to break into his house. He kills them. That's how the CSIs get kind of, like, involved with that. And then somehow someone calls Brass. Carrie mentioned the other day, if Grissom is still his power of attorney, there was a there and and Brass gets hurt and or gets put in the hospital, there'd be a phone call to Grissom. So mm-hmm. Grissom would then get a phone call, prompting him and Sarah to run up to Vegas from wherever they are. Prefer- I'm thinking California, but you know they could be literally anywhere. They run up to Vegas while they're there. They're worried about their friend, trying to make sure he's okay. But at the same time, they're also going to get their. <laughs> At the same time, they can't not get themselves involved in the investigation. They are who they are, and they still have some sort of pool with the, you know the department because they're the infamous Gil Grissom and Sarah Seidel, you know what I mean? So I like the idea that they get themselves like roped into it purely because they want to know what happened to Brass and they accidentally stumble upon this like secret lab that's been that's been making up, that's been tampering evidence for who knows how long, which then calls into question their entire careers, which, you know, the name of the episode is called Legacy, by the way. So I would love it if the whole episode is capped up with either Grissom, Sarah, or either of them trying to like basically look back at the legacy that they've left behind them. 
and having all of it now being put into question with this like new faux lab that comes up. Yeah. That's and, my, that's, we, and we do know the first episode ends in a cliffhanger. Exactly. And uh, you know, one thing that I one thing that I'm really excited about, Grissom's new hat. Don't at me. His old hat was really ugly, but I love the, the old hat. The it was I so. I mean, yes, but William Peterson made it work, okay. <laughs> but that hat was really ugly. It was really, really ugly. So I'm, I'm guessing that he forgot somewhere when he and Sarah were, were traveling, and Sarah didn't really, like, made a point of not getting the hat, and then just just got rid of it, and Sarah got this black new one for him, which serves him better, you know. Look, new shoot, new show, new era, new hat, <laughs> and new fashion sense, please. <laughs> We won't get into that now because that's a very lengthy conversation we've already had. But we just we just can't wait to see an updated wardrobe on these people. Yeah. Yes. And from what we've seen, from what we've seen, they seem to be in very, very timely wardrobe pieces, which means that they're yes. I'm done. With I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna end up going on a rant if I don't stop. Well, so um, <laughs> that was it for this week's episode of CSI Talk. We're gonna be back next week, uh, probably breaking down season one, two, and three, perhaps until the next season rolls around and uh, i'm so looking forward to this it's new season so we, we literally cannot wait so remember the new season premieres uh, october 6th um only on cbs <laughs> we're not getting paid for this but okay <laughs> and if we ever find out when it premieres in other countries we'll let you know yes yeah we don't only, only care about the U.S. here. We care about all countries. Yeah, as soon as I live in the Southern Hemisphere, so... Yeah, as soon as CBS gives us anything, you guys will know. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, as I'm sure you guys will know, too. <laughs> so this was it for this week's episode of CSI Talk. Uh, stay safe, everyone, until the show comes back. And even after, uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.